Father God, this morning, Lord, this is a pretty urgent prayer need, God. This family needs you to come into the situation that's going on, Father. They need you to come in, and they need you to intercede, Father. They need you in this aspect of what's going on, Father. So, Lord, I ask that you come down and you have your will be done, Father, that you intercede in the way that you see fit, God. And, Lord, just bless this family, Father. Show them your love. Show them your comfort. Show them your peace in whatever's going on. And, Father, any other situation that's going on that we, we may not know about here, Father God, Lord, life can get tough. But if we rest in you and we find your peace, Father God, and trust in you and rely on you completely, Father, then you can handle any situation that comes our way. So, Father, in anything this morning that's going on in any family, in anyone's life, God, I ask that you come in and you intercede and have your will be done and show your will that you would have done in the situation to those involved. And, Father God, for this morning's service. Father, Lord, as I, I get ready to bring your word this morning, Father God, I ask that you would guide me and then I would disappear and that you would shine through. So, Lord, all these things we ask this morning and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Um, as you can tell, I'm not Pastor Brent. <laughs> um, but Pastor Brent and his family went out of town. Um, and so that he, uh, he came to me a little while ago and he asked me if I would step in this morning um, and actually wrap up our how-to sermon series this morning. Um, I told him I'd be honored. And so I, I'm here to preach, uh, preach to you guys or, or to bring the word for you this morning. Um, and if you do not know me, my name is Blake Henson. Uh, I'm actually, rather most of the time, back there in the tech booth running the computer or maybe on stage singing um, in some capacity. But I, I am an assistant pastor here. I'm, I, for um, all intents and purposes, the technology pastor. I kind of handle everything with videos and online stuff and the computer and all that. Um, but this morning... Uh, I was asked by Pastor Brent if I would bring the last message of this series this morning. It's how to be salt and light. How to be salt and light. So that's where we're going to be talking on this morning. Now, when, when Pastor Brent initially brought this to me, um, some of you in the, the younger generations, I'll put it that way, might uh, get a kick out of it. He said, why don't you title the sermon, How to Be Salty and Lit? I said, Brent, I don't know about that. Uh, and he kind of said it jokingly, of course, but if you know what those words go to in connotation of uh, uh, more uh, contemporary slang, it's not exactly what you'd want to call it. So I guess you could say this morning we're going to preach on how to be a salty and lit Christian. Okay, so how, how to be salt and light in the world that we're in today. 
Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open it up to Matthew chapter 5, if you know the portion of Scripture we're going to be coming from. Uh, or if you do not have your Bible with you, you have a, a phone, tablet, whatever. Uh, we've got the words on screen. Um, follow along with us, make some notes, whatever you need to. Um, I always love taking notes. I guess that's the school teacher side of me, because I am a teacher at Southwest High School um, as well. But uh, I, I really enjoy learning and digging into Scripture uh, and really breaking it down and looking at context and all that. But this morning I want to go ahead, before I really get to breaking it down, I want to go through this portion of Scripture in its entirety. So we're in Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 13. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So this is a portion of scripture we're looking at, and it, it gives us quite a bit. But where this comes from is actually Matthew chapter 5. It's actually where Jesus is giving his Sermon on the Mount. So he's preaching to the church. So I want you to understand something. This morning, um, this is not what pastors would call a salvation message. This message is for the church. This is for the people of the church to understand exactly our purpose in the world. Now, there are several different scriptures that can do that, but this specific was from the Sermon on the Mount, and it's what we're digging into this morning on how to be salt and light. So this morning, as we're breaking this down, I want you to understand that this is really for the people that are church. These are for the believers, whether they be new believers, whether they be veteran believers, we'll call that. I won't use the word old because I'll have people get mad at me, but our veteran believers... But there still is some stuff in it for those that aren't believers. So make sure that you're listening really carefully and really dialing in for me, okay? So this morning we're going to get into to quite a bit of good stuff, all right? So first part of this, we are the salt of the earth. So that first verse there, digging into how to be salt of the earth, that first verse, verse 13 out of Matthew chapter 5 says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth, that first little part. So we are the salt of the earth. Now we're going to break down about what that really means in the context of this time frame here in just a minute. But then the next part, it says, But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Jesus about to do some smack talking to people. Okay? He's getting ready to break it down and get real with these folks. So that's what's happening here this morning. So don't, don't, don't lose me. Don't, don't go flood off somewhere. I don't think about lunch. Dial in. What good is salt if it loses its flavor? Can you make it salty again? Looking at that question, that, that question, can you make it salty again? Salt? No, you can't. Once it loses its flavor, it's done, it's done, and as it says there, it'll be thrown out, trampled underfoot as worthless. First part of what I want to let you know about, it's not necessarily one of my points, but the first thing I want to talk to you about is we can become Salty again, if you will, scarcely using that term. We can regain our flavor. We can, as Christians, 
regain that. So if you're somebody in here who I'm uh, stepping on your toes a little bit this morning with something that might be said, I want you to know that it can be changed. You can adjust. Just want to let you know. But Jesus is saying here, if you've lost your salt, you've lost your flavor, that salt is worthless and can be trampled underfoot. Now that, yet again, that, that's, that's some, some tough preaching if y'all understand what I'm saying and you're following with me. That steps on my toes. Jesus is essentially calling members of the church worthless to the cause if they've lost their flavor. It got quiet. That ain't me, that's Jesus. Jesus is preaching to the church from the Sermon on the Mount right here from this piece of Scripture. So this morning, after then saying that, I want you to know we're okay still. We're good. We, we can bring back the flavor of what the church is really supposed to be for the world because notice it's talking about being the salt of the earth. We are placed here for a reason, and we're getting ready to dive into what it is. So if you feel that you might have lost your flavor this morning, really dial in. So in the ancient Near East, as it's called in this time frame, so in the ancient times of when Jesus was going through and doing his miracles, and even before then, there was three big uses for salt. Some of you may know it. Let's go through these real quick. Three main uses for salt. The first big reason was for medicinal purposes. Salt is a natural antiseptic for cleaning wounds and killing bacteria. Y'all might already know where I'm going with some of this, but that's really a first big use. They would use it to clean wounds. Have you ever been to the beach with a cut and by the time you're leaving it's healed? The salt water and the salt in that water actually has some healing properties to it. It can take care of wounds. It can help fight infection. And that's what they would use back in this ancient time as part of medicine to help fight bacteria, to help fight off sepsis. And it was used in that way. Second way it was used was to preserve food in hot, warmer or hot climates. These warm and hot climates, they didn't have the, the ice machine in the refrigerator. They didn't have the store you can go down and buy those bags of ice. They didn't have anything like that. So in the warmer climates, which was most of the, the Middle East over, uh, in the, the time frame and the area in which they were speaking of, they didn't have the ice, so they had to find other ways to preserve their meats, other ways to preserve the food that they wanted to partake. And that's another place where salt would come in. They would rub the meat down and, and store it in a part where it would stay away from insects or animals. And the salt would help preserve the meat before they were ready to cook it. And then the last way that they really used this was as what we would mostly use it today for, to add some flavor. And I, y'all... I have found something. My wife thinks that I'm crazy when I do this. But y'all ever cut a piece of watermelon and it's just not quite sweet enough? So you add a little salt to it. it that's what Amanda says. I love it. I don't know why. I do. If it's not quite sweet enough, it adds flavor. 
Or in some might would even say it can draw out the actual flavor of the fruit if it's not quite sweet enough. That's another use for salt in this time as well. So knowing those three things, you can probably kind of see where I'm going to go with this. But we're going to talk about it and dig into it a little bit deeper. So that first reason for medicinal purposes, cleaning bacteria or killing bacteria within a wound, to us, of how to be salt of the earth, would translate to me saying, well, that's the aspect of us leading people to leave a life of sin behind and follow Christ. That's my first point this morning of how we are to be salt of the earth. Lead people to leave a life of sin and follow Christ. That's us cleansing. That's us killing out bacteria, if you will. That's us trying to reach out, help people, cleanse people, and, and help lead them to Christ. That's what we can apply here. If you want to dig deeper into it, you can look at our great commission that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 28. It says, for go and make disciples of all nations. We're supposed to go out. We're supposed to preach the word, preach the gospel, and lead people to Christ. And what that entails is leading people away from the sin. There's many, many different ways and many different things that can happen. It can happen through bringing them to church. It can happen through uh, you talking to them, praying for them, many different ways. But one thing that I have seen a lot of lately that is not an effective method of trying to lead somebody to Christ, and that's judgment and condemnation. Now listen, I, I want you up. What, what would somebody say probably would be the most known verse of the Bible? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should have eternal life. I learned that when I was like, I don't know, four. I mean, young. Most of you could probably say that if you've been in church most of your life. But how many of you know verse 17? Or have even studied into that a little bit. Because here's what it says. John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Y'all let that sink in for a second. If God didn't send Jesus into this world to condemn it, what gives you the right to? That's one thing that irritates me most when I look at Facebook. Can I tell you, at least this week it has. I've seen a lot of stuff on Facebook within this week in the past little while that is just these, and I, yeah, I'm going to say this, these so-called Christians that are trashing people for their sin. Y'all, that's not what we're supposed to do. Jesus didn't come here to condemn the world, so what gets us the right to? 
Yes, we need to help identify the sin. We need to let those that are sinning know that it is, in fact, a sin, and they can go to hell for it. But guys, we got to figure out a way to bring it in love and to bring it in a way that they know that, hey, there is something better. There is something better than your sin, and it's Jesus Christ. He came and he died for you on a cross in the bloody and most painful way any human being could think of. And we've got to show that in love. We can't condemn somebody. We can't trash them. We shouldn't attack them. We should love them. Now, I can sit here and say that all day long and try to give you different advice for different situations. I don't have time to do that this morning. But I would say, instead of trying to condemn the world, instead of trying to condemn the person or hate the person, hate the sin. It's, it's, it's two separate things. The person and the sin are two separate things. Satan can get a hold of somebody in their life and tempt them into sin. But that person is still loved by God. So yet again, what do you think gives us the right to try to condemn them? They are a child of the one true king, the same as you and me. We're supposed to help and love rather than condemn that's my first point of how to be salt of the earth. Lead people to leave a life of sin and follow Christ. My second point of how to be salt of the earth this morning comes from um, that second thing, preserving food in hot climates. Preserving food. That translates to us and our walk to encouraging others to grow stronger as a Christian in this sinful world. The preserving of food translates the preserving of the Christian faith, the preserving of the Christian walk. And we can't do that alone a lot of times. We can't. If you've ever been tempted by Satan and you try to fight him alone, it's not very effective most of the time. You need two things. God and some fellow believers to have your back. But guys, can I tell you what? Some of the people that we as Christians are attacked most from are the people in this building. From each other. Why is that? Why is that? I, and I'm not, I'm not saying this from, from anywhere. I'm not but 30 years old. There's a lot of people in this room that have a lot more experience and have been in church a lot longer than I and are a lot wiser than I. But I do know that I've been a pastor's kid for most of my life. In fact, all but about five years of my life. And I've seen a lot of people try to tear down my father as a pastor, a leader of the church, because they didn't like something that happened to the church building. Or they didn't like a certain program. Or didn't like they got rid of certain. Guys, let me tell you something. If we're going to be like that, we've all lost our flavor. 
church should be somewhere you come in and feel loved. I'm a little bit like Megan this morning. Megan come up here before she started singing, and she's had, she had a rough week. I've had a fairly rough week myself. It's been tough. And there's sometimes things like that happen. We had our air condition go out. We ended up getting it fixed, praise God. And just so many other things that come up to try to discourage us. And you know what? We should be helping each other through it. We should be helping each other stay on the path of righteousness. Our Pray Together 123 movement that we started off with this year, I don't understand why things like that don't survive and things like that don't work. Because that's what we should be doing. We should be helping each other. And I'm guilty myself. I don't remember the last time me, Britt, and Jason Kendrick ended up meeting for our Pray Together. That's terrible. So, God, I want you to understand, I'm not just talking to y'all. I'm talking to myself, too. This is stuff that God hit me in the face with this week, too. We've got to get together. We've got to focus and help each other and strengthen each other through this. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, many of you know this scripture. It says, as iron sharpens iron, such as a friend sharpens a friend. We're supposed to help each other along. We're supposed to help each other get through the hard times. Not tear each other down. Because if we get to that point, really tear anybody down. If we really get to that point, and we complain about how things are done, and we try to tear others down on purpose, or we get mad at somebody because they made a comment about something you made, or what, I don't care what it is. Guys, we've got to build each other up instead of trying to tear each other down and go crazy. We've got to sharpen each other. We've got to strengthen each other. Or we've truly lost our flavor. Y'all still with me? Got, he's getting quiet. Y'all stay with me. Third thing, and I'm going to say, third and last thing I'm going to say about being salt of the earth. And this is going to kind of go contradiction. We've got to be happy and joyful in our life. How many of you know a person that claims to be a Christian and he won't come in like yes? Yeah. <laughs> I see hands going up. Okay? Guys, I, yet again, I've been a preacher's kid for most of my life. Okay? And there's so many times and so many people that I've come across that are in church and claim to be Christians that are so engrossed in their own craziness, if you will, or their own mind and their own making themselves happy that they are just mad at everybody. And they walk around with a frown on their face and malice in their hearts. And guys, the world sees that and why in the world would they want to be a Christian? If that person's going to act like that and be grumpy all the time and just completely miserable person, why would I want to be a Christian? Guys, we got to show people that we can have fun, that we can go out and have a good time and act crazy in a Christian manner and spread love. I mean, I don't know any other way to put it. 
But in Proverbs chapter 17, it even says this. I'm, I'm using two Proverbs today. It's a pretty good book if you've ever read it. Proverbs 17, verse 22 says, A cheerful heart is a good medicine. I'm going back to that first point. Medicinal. Metal, medicine. Healing. A cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Y'all know it takes more muscles in the human face to frown than it does smile? I find that kind of interesting when I look at stuff like that. I could give you the number, but I didn't look at that. But it's true. Joy. I know I've been kind of hard to those first two points, but joy, cheerfulness. We've got to be uplifting. We can't do the first two parts of being salt to the earth and have a frown on our face. I can't try to help someone heal and help somebody walk away from sin if I've got my arms crossed and all pouty face. We've got to do it with love and joy in our hearts. Now, I know that's a, that's, that's a very difficult thing to ask when you're going through a rough time. But y'all know where we should seek our joy from? God. Nothing of this earth. And as my wife could attest, that is a huge problem for me. When I'm having a rough week like this week, it's very hard for me to be cheerful and joyful. It is. And I know everybody in here could say the same thing. It's hard. But guys, if we focus, be cheerful and happy and joyful and really do that in focusing on Christ and focusing on God, it's possible. No matter what you're going through, no matter what life throws at you, be cheerful. Be happy. Because I get into this next point, there's always somebody going to be watching you. And most of the time, if you proclaim to be a Christian, those people watching you are people that are waiting on you to slip up. They're people waiting on you to let that bad day really get at you and make you fly off the handle. It's happened to me a time or two. I'm a high school teacher. Trust me, it's happened several times. We have to focus on God and draw our happiness from Him rather than the things of this world, even on our hardest days. And now, as I said, there's people watching us, and they should, and they need to. Because we're the ones that are supposed to be salt of the earth, but more, more importantly, we're to be the light of the world. As the second part of this scripture says, we're to be the light of of the world. So let's dive back into the scriptures really quick here, um, starting at verse 14, verse 14 of Matthew chapter 5. It says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. A city on a hill can be seen for miles and miles around, and it can't be hidden. No one there in verse 15, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. I mean, why would you? It's like turning on a flashlight and then putting it in a book bag. Why would we do that? It makes no sense at all. A light or a lantern is meant to spread light. Why would we hide it? 
Not to mention, if you put a light under a basket, it's going to go out more than likely. It's not going to get the, the flame is not going to get the oxygen that it needs to be able to stay lit. It's not. So why would we hide it? Instead, we need to put a lamp on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And here's the thing. Jesus, Jesus made this point right here for me. It says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So these two things being salt of the earth and light of the world, they go hand in hand. We have to be salt of the earth. But we need to do it as light of the world. We need to be seen. We need to be heard. We can't hide. And yet again, y'all, I'm, I'm telling I've said it several times, I'm preaching it myself this morning. We can't hide. One thing that I've also seen on Facebook for a while is Christians defending the faith against the sin of the world that people post on Facebook. That's a good thing. We should defend our faith. We should defend God and Jesus and the Christian walk at every turn. But yet again, we've got to do it with love in our heart and healing as part of it. We can't go around like some of these people that just trash everybody and just tear people down to let them know that they're a sinner. Can I, I just stop right now. Y'all went to UNCC for college. Got my Bachelor of Arts in Mathematics from there. Uh, I love my time at UNCC, but one of the most irritating things about that campus, that campus was the street preachers that would come and try to preach the word. Yes, I just use air quotes. It wasn't preaching the word. It was telling people how much of a sinner they were. I saw one preacher, one street preacher, tell a guy that he was going to hell for wearing a cross around his neck. Now tell me how crazy that is. Told another guy he was going to hell for wearing sandals. And another, and Alyssa, you might get mad at me. Another girl, or in, in Avery, Avery, told a girl that she was going to hell for being a cheerleader. Huh? Y'all, being the light of the world is being seen, but also being the salt. It's being seen, being heard, being out there, trying to reach people but in a loving manner in the light of the world. I will also then say that it's really funny how the crazy street preachers drew in a crowd for everybody to point and make fun and say, this guy's crazy, why would you want to be a Christian? To then when the man who led the campus crusaders at UNCC come out and started preaching love and the gospel and the true word of God, everybody left. They didn't want to hear it because they knew it was going to go against their lifestyle. They knew they were sinners. But we have to go out. We have to try. We have to reach people. You can't get through to everybody. I'll tell you that. It's a struggle. There's so many people that I've come across in my ministry that I think about on a daily basis. that I had in my ministry here that have gone out 
and now we're living in the world, and it breaks my heart. Because number one, it makes me feel like I didn't do a good job. And number two, if they were to die today, I know they're going to hell. It is so important for us to be the light of the world, but we have to do it in a way that shows love. We have to do it in a way that encourages each other, and we have to do it in a way of joy. Because otherwise, nobody's going to want to see us, nobody's going to want to hear us, and we're going to lose them. And we can't let that happen. But guys, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, I'm going away from my notes, but it's something I'm very passionate about. We have to go out. And again, that great commission. We have to go out and we have to be the salt of the earth. We have to go out and add that flavor to people's lives and, and go through and help them in those ways. But we have to be a light that's not hidden. We can't just stay here in our little corner of Rushwood Church in Ashburn, North Carolina on 1810 Old Farmer Road. We can't stay here. We can't just stay on Facebook and try to reach people that way. Because all they can do is just keep scrolling when they see something they don't want to read. We have to go out, and here's the thing, we have to live it. Live it. Because guys, I'm telling you, you can say a whole lot. You can say a whole, whole lot. But how you live is what says the most. My grandfather was a man that I dearly loved, and he died when I was in middle school. But one thing that he always said, was you need to minister to people, and if necessary, use words. He meant we minister to people by the lives that we live, how we treat people on a daily basis. How we interact with the people that are around us, the people that are closest to us, the people that are strangers walking by us at Walmart. Say hey to people, smile, something. We've got to be a light, but we can't just do it by the words we speak or by the things our thumbs type. We have to live it. But here's the thing. And here's really the last thing that I, that I want to make a comment about. We have to do all of it the way that we live, the way that we reach people, the way that we shine our light into the world, and the way that we reach out as salt of the earth. We have to do it all for God's glory, not ours. That's, that's the kicker. And I'm not standing up here this morning, Lord knows, I, I, when everybody, when I get done singing, or if I, whenever I've, I've preached for you guys before and brought the word, people say it's a great sermon, all that. Guys, I, I appreciate it, I really do, but it's not me, it's God. I could care less if you remember my name or this ugly face. I want you to hear God. I want you to see God. I want you to understand something. I want you to get something from this that's not me. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, 
And Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray in public or on public street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. If you do anything for your glory, for you to be recognized, for you to get some praise, guys, that is the wrong reason and you have lost your flavor. You have lost your light because that's not what it's about. It's about people seeing Christ through me. Notice I said through me. Not seeing me instead of Christ. One of the reasons we do a volunteer dinner and volunteer breakfast like we did yesterday is for the simple fact our volunteers can know that they get some love. And guys, i got to be honest, there's so many volunteers here at Rushwood, I don't even know everybody. I don't. There's some people that will show up for the dinners and breakfasts that we do. I don't know who they are because they volunteer in an aspect of the church that I'm not over. And they volunteer. And I don't know them because they haven't made a big deal about, hey, I did this. (laughs) We shouldn't do things for the kingdom of God for our praise. We should do it for His. That's what it truly means to be salt of the earth and the light of the world. So this morning as we close, the praise team is going to be singing a song, We Are. And if you know the lyrics, it's, We are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill. Because we are. We are made by God and designed by God for our own unique purposes so that we can be a light of the world, so that we can be salt of the earth and go out and help others. Go out and lead people to Christ. Go out and help each other, strengthen each other. To strive to make everybody's lives around us better and how joyful and happy we can go through life. That's what it's about. Not our glory, but His. So that people not see us, but that people see Him. So this morning as we close, stand with us and sing this last song. If y'all know this, help me out.
to spread the news, to tell the world the simple truth. Jesus came to save. There's freedom in his name. So let his love break through. We are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill. We are the light of the world. And we gotta, we gotta, we gotta let the light shine. Let's pray this morning. Father God, Lord, this morning, as I've already said, God, I hope that that what is taken away from here today is not me, God, but you. I hope that we do go out, God, and that we live as salt of the earth and the light of the world, God, and that we, we live a life like Jesus so that we can be seen and so that we can lead others, God, so we can help, so we can be happy, so we can truly share what it is to be a Christian and what it is to follow you, God. So, Lord, let us go. Let us be salt. Let us be light, God. And let us show your love to all those around us. God, we do all things for your glory and not ours. We love you. And thank you. Amen. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you next week. Hey, and just a reminder for all those uh, staying for the Rushwood Kids interest meeting, we're going to meet right down here to my right, your left, this area, right there. sand on the shore But every time you've taken me back And now I pray you do it once more Please take from me my life When I don't have the strength To give it away to Take from me my life when I don't have the strength to give it away to Jesus.
times have I turned away The number is the same as the stars in the sky But every time you've taken me back And now I pray you do it tonight Please take from me Take from me my life when I don't have the strength to give it away to Jesus. To give it away to you, Jesus. you give and the time that you spend on this world for our sin. 